0: Hey gang, welcome back to Voices in My Head. Just a couple of quick housekeeping things before we start. I hope you've been enjoying Voices in My Head and all the guests that we've been having week after week on this podcast. And if you are, would you please go to iTunes and leave us a podcast review for this podcast. It helps us to gain visibility, it helps us to get more listeners, and it helps me to know what kind of shows you've been enjoying and what you'd like to hear more of. Secondly, If you're able to help out at all in the way of sponsorship, you can go to RickLeeJames.com or VoicesInMyHeadPodcast.com. Click on the tip jar and sponsorship link, and you can find out there how to give to this podcast. Uh, And I don't like to just ask for something for nothing. So since it costs roughly $11 a show in order to produce this podcast, if you donate $11 or more... I'm going to send you a way to get 11 free songs that I've never before released, 11 free tracks anyway. Some of them are songs I've released, but these are like live recordings, and some of them are unreleased songs. Some of them are things that pertain specifically to the podcast you can't get anywhere else. They're not on CDs, they're not on iTunes, they're not on the internet anywhere, except with this code that I'm going to give you. So if you donate $11 or more, you get 11 tracks. So, just my way of saying thank you, and I hope you'll be able to support us. Now, with that being out of the way, I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here at Voices in My Head.
1: Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. <laughs>
0: James and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you
1: need this voice today, do not turn in the window.
0: Well, good morning, world. It is three o'clock AM at the time of my recording this. I feel almost like I'm some late night DJ or something. But the fact is my wife has a terrible cold, and it looks like because we share everything, she has chosen to graciously and lovingly share that cold with me, and so I decided since I'm going to be up anyway, I might as well get a podcast out of the way. So uh, a few minutes ago, I actually put together our baby stroller, uh, and no, the baby has not arrived yet; still, uh, still just a few weeks away here. But we did get the stroller in the mail, put that together, and I thought, what other thing could I do constructive when I can't sleep at 3 a.m.? Well, podcast. So welcome back to Voices in My Head, everybody. Episode number 48. We are quickly moving to that 50th episode listener call in show. I don't know what's going to happen. I've got a lot of people that tell me they're interested in being on it. So I'm hoping that the Skype calls work out. Hoping to have a good conversation with friends about it. I want to remind you you can actually vote for your favorite episode uh, by going to the Voices in My Head Facebook page, or you can go to RickleyJames.com and there will be places there that will show you how to go and vote. Uh, so far, it looks like our leading episode, as far as being the most popular among listeners, is uh, the the actually the two that we did with Ben DeBono on going Catholic? So, if you have an episode that you liked better, or a guest that you thought was, uh, you know, just your favorite that wasn't that one, make sure you go and vote. Um, and we're going to reveal that on the fiftieth episode here in just a couple weeks, two away. Now, just to remind you, you can be a part of that fiftieth episode by calling in on December fourteenth at nine o'clock eastern time and all you have to do is call into my Skype line which is 937-523-0542 i will have a message for you and you will be either put on hold or put right through and you can discuss with me some of your favorite moments of voices in my head or we can talk about the weather or whatever you would like to if you aren't able to be a part of that show on the 14th you can call in any time between now and the 14th of december at 937-505 0162, and simply leave a voice message for Voices in My Head. I'd love to hear from you, and we can play that message on our 50th episode celebration here in just a couple of weeks. So, what else do I need to tell you before we get into Part 3 of my teaching on prayer? Um, It's a four-parter. Let's see. Go to our Twitter page. We're getting a lot of people following us on Voices in My Head P. Um, We're getting a lot of followers on the Facebook page. I don't know what else to say other than that, but um, oh, New Year's Eve that's coming up. Sorry, folks, it is three o'clock in the morning, but New Year's Eve this year, December thirty first, you can buy your tickets online for the Rick Lee James and Friends our annual New Year's concert. Uh, I like to call it a pick and party. It's going to be myself with my band. It's going to be the italics, and it's going to be like a child. Only $5 in advance. If you live locally to Springfield, you can get tickets at the Beacon of Hope stores. Uh, If you want to just go online and buy your ticket, if you're not local, um, still only $5. Uh, There's no service fee or anything like that. You print the tickets out from your computer. And if you wait until the evening of the event, It goes up to $10, so it really behooves you uh, to pay in advance. Uh, It's a great night for youth groups. There's going to be food, folks, fun. There's going to be games. It's going to be a great New Year's celebration, and we're going to have lots of live, fun music. So uh, with that being said, make sure and and try to come if you can. Also, uh, the CD slash live dvd is still being mastered i'm hoping to have the mastered copy in my hand any day now so i can put that actual input to production just keeping you up to date on that as soon as i get it in my hands and we get everything rolling that way you can start doing pre-orders online but i'll let you know as we get closer to it i can't think of anything else housekeeping wise before we get to question of the week uh, i just want to say first of all that i hope you all had a great thanksgiving um, it was nice for me to get together with my family, as I hope many of you did, but it was also a, a sad time in many ways. The day after Thanksgiving on that Friday, I received notification that a man in our church, Corey Pearson, only 46 years old, suddenly, unexpectedly, with no warning, uh, was playing ping pong with some friends and passed away, uh, leaving behind um, two children Uh, A wife who, uh, I've got to say, this couple, they should write a novel about their love because they were just an amazing couple. And it has been a real hit to our church family. Uh, It's been a real hit to our community. I have to tell you that he was so used by God in this community. I had no idea the number of lives that Corey had touched. Um, I waited in line for a very, very long time at a funeral home in, in what was a second viewing, and it was wrapped around the building, and it was nearly time for the viewing to be over, and there still was probably close to a two-hour wait for people to get in. They told us at the funeral, uh, which was just earlier today, that over 1,500 people showed up for Corey's funeral. Um, And all of them seeming to remark about the Christ that Corey served. And uh, yesterday we actually found a, uh, sorry, we found an audio cassette at church from 2009 where he and his wife were singing the song, I Can Only Imagine. And he had an incredible preface to the song that was him talking about the passage from 1 Corinthians about One day, we shall see him as he is, not through a cloud, not through a glass, but then face to face, and we shall be like him, and we got to play that at the funeral, and it was wonderful to be able to see all the people that Corey had touched, and the legacy that he left behind, and, um, and I know most of you listening probably don't know Corey, some of you do, but, um... It's been a hard time, but at the same time, it's been a grace-filled time where we have been uh, experiencing the goodness of God and looking at what God can do through a life that seems to be taken from us way too early. Um, So this is sort of my tribute to Corey, and I just wanted to say uh, thanks. I don't know what happens after we die. I know that we are resting in God in whatever that means. But uh, I'm thanking the Lord for Corey's life. I'm thanking him for the legacy. I hope that even this podcast in some way does a small part to reach people with the love of Christ. Um, I wonder if if even something like this that goes out to so many listeners could make even close to the impact that Corey had just by living consistently. So all that is to just say my thoughts, my prayers, um, our, our love is with the family of Corey, with with Janine and Courtney and Ryan and uh, and all of the family and, and our church family. So, uh, yeah, all that is to say, God is good even when we don't understand, and uh, we are just standing on Him right now. Well, thank you for, for indulging me that little interlude to talk about Corey and a life well lived. I will say, even if it's early, Christians die well. I mean, they do, and we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Um. So all I can say is praise God anyway, as my pastor had reminded us all on Sunday morning. Well, let's move on to a little bit more lighthearted part of the show. Uh, it was Thanksgiving this past week. And as with always, it seems like at Thanksgiving, there's lots of food that was left over. So my question of the week this week um, simply had to do with that. And let's get into that right now. Question of the week this week is What is your favorite Thanksgiving leftover? I just couldn't think of a better question because of all the food that was there at Thanksgiving. Tony James wrote in I like the turkey. Leftover turkey is awesome. And of course, Grandma's pumpkin pie, if there is any leftover pie. Um, And as always, that was my sister, and it seems like things are back to normal. We couldn't disagree more. I don't eat turkey. Not a big fan of pumpkin pie. But uh, I'm glad she likes it, because there was a lot of it at Thanksgiving this year, for sure. Randy Lee James. I guess it's uh, we're starting out with family this week. My father, he wrote in, there is usually no pumpkin pie left over, but if there is, I vote for the pie. I have to say, there was like... Enough pie. I think all of us could have had our own individual pie this year. There was plenty left over, but uh, everybody seems to love that. I don't know what it is about pumpkin pie. I've never been a big fan, but uh, some people just love it. And I say, more power to you. That's less that I have to eat. Um, David Sanders, good to hear from, brother. He says, now this is a. Uh, actually, I didn't know this was a Thanksgiving thing, but he says rice aroni with gravy. Mix in a little turkey breast and some stovetop stuffing, and you've got yourself a casserole to be truly thankful for. But really, folks, it's all about the gravy. <laughs> Very good. That that actually, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some of that sounds kind of tasty. Very good. Uh, thanks, Dave. And then Matthew Cole wrote in, It is definitely the turkey. While I like the meal, the Thanksgiving turkey tastes best a day later in a leftover sandwich. So thank you for writing into question of the week. I actually do have next week's question of the week ready to go right now, since we are heading quickly into the Advent season slash Christmas. I know nobody knows what Advent is, but it's actually the season preceding Christmas. Christmas doesn't start until Christmas Day, and then we have the season of Christmas following Advent. But anyway, uh, all that is to say, nobody seems to realize that anymore. So I have a Christmas question, and um, not to be, you know, like materialistic, and this This is not actually... Oh, I dropped my paper. I got my paper. Um, This question doesn't have to be necessarily like a wrapped gift that you were given. Sometimes people give gifts of their time or of themselves and, and are able to, in some ways, really bless you. And I have a feeling that maybe some of the answers next week will be like that. But the question of the week for next week is, what is the best Christmas gift you've ever received? Uh, at least in your mind that you can think of, um, I'd, I'd like to hear from you. And uh, you know, I hope it's not stuff like you know, uh, well, I I got a Hawaiian shirt. You know, I, I mean, maybe maybe something a, a little. If the Hawaiian shirt's the best thing you've ever received, I guess that's fine. But um, I'm hoping to hear some real life changing things. You know, maybe the best gift that you ever received was love, I I don't know, something like that that's certainly one of my favorite gifts and uh, I'm thanking God for the love of my family, uh, my wife and my um, soon to be born son especially in the wake of tragedy like we just experienced this week Um, don't take your family for granted folks, love, love, love so what's the best Christmas gift you've ever received Um, and that's next week's question of the week (music) Well, this is week number three of uh, three sermons that I did teaching about prayer. And uh, it was for a big group up here in Northwest Ohio. If you haven't got to hear parts one or two, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. I'd love to hear some feedback and what you think about this. I'm I'm finding that prayer, the more I learn about it, and, and trust me, I feel like I have a long way to go. But the more I learn about prayer... I feel like prayer is listening. It is being formed much more than it is talking. But in those times when we do talk, and especially the way Jesus teaches us to pray, which is so often in community, he does have instructions. I've already talked about in last week how not to pray, because Jesus has some very specific instructions about that. Well, this week we're actually getting into when Jesus says, when you do pray, pray like this. And so that's where we're going to be heading into this week Um, with this episode of Voices in My Head. This is how Jesus says we should pray. And when Jesus tells me something, I really want to pay close attention to that because I want to serve Him with my life. I hope you feel the same way. I hope you're enjoying this and I hope it's a help to you. I hope it's not just filling the air. Maybe it's something you're going to come back to in coming days I have to tell you that uh, in in the wake of the tragedy I've already mentioned and and a few things are just going on in life right now um on a church level on a personal level and a business level everything um I'm finding that more important than saying anything to God is just sitting in his presence and listening and allowing Uh, his kingdom to come over me. And so I encourage you to do that as well. It's a lot with the Lord's prayers about thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you're going to hear me talk more in just a second. So I'll stop talking now so you can hear this episode. Part three on prayer, voices in my head. Thanks for joining me again this week. As we come into this service tonight, we're going to start once again. Don't worry, we're not going to do any more one-word prayer chanting tonight. But we are going to sit for a moment. And just for a moment, we're going to put our hands out one more time. We're opening ourselves to the Lord. Putting our hands out to receive whatever He would give. To receive whatever the Spirit would like to bring to us tonight. The Spirit of the Lord is literally the breath of life to us. So as we breathe in, we are breathing in our Lord, thanking Him for His presence. It is in the silence that we find our Lord. Silence is the friend the one who wants to know God more. And tonight in unity, we're going to pray together a prayer that if you don't know it, it's going to be up on the screen. It's the prayer that Jesus taught His disciples. It's maybe the most important prayer we can pray together tonight. So let us pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It can be very dangerous to leave the path. It can be life-threateningly dangerous to leave the path. It can cause you great damage if you don't know where you're going. Aaron Ralston wrote a book about his experience of leaving the path. The book was called Between a Rock and a Hard Place, They made a movie of it a couple years ago called 127 Hours, where we see Aaron's story as a person that was a mountaineer. And he was in the mountains of Utah, and he was out exploring and canyoneering and doing all the things that adventurers will do. But he went off by himself. And because he left the path, it wasn't just that he left the path, he left everybody. He was completely alone. He was by himself. And while he was in one of the canyons, There was a collapse and a huge boulder landed on his arm crushing it there. And he was stuck. He couldn't get out. He couldn't move. He stayed there for 127 hours. That's five days and seven hours. Five days and seven hours stuck in this position with a boulder crushing your arm losing feeling in your arm and then at other times intense pain and your nerves are being crushed and shooting up through your arm once again and eventually he decided, do I want to live or do I want to die? The only thing he had with him was this tool that was basically kind of a pocket knife that's sort of like something you might get when you buy a flashlight. It was dull. It was not something to do surgery with. But in order to live, he had to amputate his own arm. It took him many, many hours to get free. At one point, he eventually had to break his own arm off in half and then continue the cutting. And as the nerves and all of it, he went through, the pain was the most intense he said he could ever imagine or experience in his life. And after hours of chopping away at his own arm with a dull instrument, being lost in this canyon where no one knew where he was, no cell phone reception, He was finally free, but at what a cost. Once he got out, he still had a 65 foot cliff to get down with one arm after days with no food and without water. He was so desperate he had to drink his own urine. There is a danger of leaving the path. It's not that we can't ever leave the path. But paths are there for a reason. I want us to think about prayer tonight as a path. Jesus gave us a path to prayer. A path is a way that's beaten. It's a way that's formed. It's trodden by the feet of persons or animals. And we don't make the path. Someone else makes the path for us. It's there when we get there. Paths are started by somebody else and we follow in their footsteps. And if you go into the wilderness, it's best that you know the paths well before you start deciding to venture out beyond them. It's best that you start with a path and get to know the area before you go too far out and get yourself in a situation possibly like Aaron where you're all alone and completely lost by yourself. Paths are not the end of the journey. They're actually the beginning, but they get us started on the way. The disciples asked Jesus for a path. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus provided for them what we just prayed together, the Lord's Prayer, which is in a sense a path for us. He says, if you want to pray in the way that pleases God, if you want to pray in Christian ways, there is a way to pray. And it was important enough to him, he gave them a specific path. Now it's not that these are the only words we're ever going to say in prayer the rest of our life. But Jesus lays out some things for us that are important to remember when we are praying. Up until now, we've talked about where Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like this. Don't go babbling on. Don't say all these words. Don't act like the pagans and the hypocrites. And finally, we get to here where He says, but when you do pray. And it's a plural word. He's saying, when y'all pray. All of you together, this is how you should pray. And then we get into the prayer. And it's what we just prayed together. But at the very end of it in verse 14 and 15, he concludes it by saying, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, this prayer is an instruction how to pray together with other believers. It's addressing community, but it helps us to pray as individuals once we learn to do this together. In this, we are taught not as single individuals, but we are taught as the body of Christ how to pray and then how to branch out. It's from there, once we learn the path, we begin to learn how to branch out beyond it. And we start with this prayer, and I'm just going to break it down quickly tonight. We're going to go through the different places in the prayer. It starts out with Our Father. It's not my Father. God is not my property. None of us own God. But God has given Himself to all of us. He is not our own personal little God, He is bigger than that. He is the God of all, He is the Father of all as we come together. Our relationship with Him is personal but it is not private. That is the truth of Christianity. It is a shared faith. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. They don't exist. You cannot have, a God, have God as your father without the church as your mother. Christianity is a shared faith. When Jesus addresses us how to pray, He says, Our Father, together. We never pray alone. In this community, it's a safeguard because we pray together. And if the community, the body of Christ as a whole cannot confirm that this message, that they feel that we are all filling this together, then most likely it's probably not from God. It may be, as my pastor likes to say, the cornflake fumes that you had earlier that day in the morning. It's not like Mormonism where one person just gets to decide and make it up as they go along and say, I had this revelation from God, now everybody has to follow me. No, Christianity is bigger It's cosmic. It's something that goes well beyond that. So we say our Father, because the community has to come together under this God. God gives His message to each one of us for the benefit of all, not just for the benefit of me. And we see our Father revealed in Jesus. Jesus says, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So if you're wondering what the Father is like, we find that out in Jesus. He says our Father in heaven. He's not like our Father in Ohio. There may be some similarities to our Father. But some of us don't even know our fathers. Some of us, our Father has not been very good to us. Some of us, our fathers are not people that we really like to dwell on. And if God is anything like that, then I don't want anything to do with God. Some of us have had great Earthly fathers, and they've been good examples of what the Father is. But our Father in heaven, He is not a hellish Father. Our Father in heaven is cosmic and He's big and He goes to all the places where we are, but He has an address. Our Father in heaven, God is not the cause of the hellish places and hellish situations that we find ourselves in in life. Our Heavenly Father breaks into those places and brings us out into marvelous light. We've been singing about it this week. But it makes a great deal of difference where God is when we pray to Him. Our Father in Heaven. If God is just tucked away in my heart, so He's my personal God then He's no God at all. God is bigger. God is cosmic. We've been singing, He is stronger. He is mighty to save, and that's bigger than just me. He is yesterday, today, and forever, and He is broken into His creation, and He is here in this moment. We've experienced Him already here tonight. Heaven is is the name given to the realm of God where He reigns supreme. And it's not just after we die. The kingdom of God is among us. It's when His people submit to His rule and His authority here on earth that also becomes heaven on earth as it is in heaven. God's realm intrudes into our lives. Look at the story of Mary and Joseph. There's a lot of teenage girls in this room. How would you like to have an angel come to you and say, guess what? You're going to be pregnant even though you've uh, never been with a male, but, uh, but you're going to be pregnant anyway. Wouldn't all of you go, praise God! That's wonderful news. God intrudes into our lives. He breaks in to the earthly realm. But He's bigger than just us. He's not a pale reflection of us. God is not made in our image. We are made in His. But we continually change who God is and make Him in our image over and over again. But He is our Heavenly Father. He chooses to be located with His creation. He chooses to be here. He came in Christ to be present among us. He does not stand at a distance from us. He brings the heavenly to earth. It is the intersection of the divine... With the human. So, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We just had Halloween, which comes from the word holy. Halloween means, you know, the eve of the holy day, of the Holy One. That word hallowed means holy, separate, other, sacred, beautiful. As we talked about this morning, God's last name is not damn it. God's name is something we revere. It's something to be praised. It's something to be worshipped. And as we come to Him and pray, we need to have that kind of respect. That every creature bows before the name of our Lord. We just sang about it tonight. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. In another way, that's another way of saying, hallowed be thy name. It's a statement of worship It's a call to praise when we say, Hallowed be thy name. As we worship a holy God, we become more holy ourselves because we have been in His presence. The way we live is a byproduct of our worship. When we worship God alone, we have to stop bowing to all the other altars that are out there. All the other idolatries, the worship of ourselves, self-gratification, doing whatever we want. And living this way will give you a new name as well. Hallowed be thy name, but you get a new name too. Alien, exile, stranger to this world because you are now in the realm of the holy, the hallowed name. And the purpose of praying to this God is not to rubber stamp His name on all of our agendas. I believe I already said the Nazis wore God with us on their uniform. But we do it just as much. We'll take our causes and we we unhallow the name of God. We use it in vain by saying, well, God told me to do this and I'm going to do it and we'll ram it through, but we know fully well it was just us. His name is hallowed. It is holy. It is meant to be treated with the respect it deserves. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. We forget this We've talked about heaven like it's something that only happens when we die. We've got to get this out of our minds. I'm looking forward to whatever heaven is. But what we know about it for sure is it's sort of like a sign pointing into the fog because none of us have been there yet. But what Jesus almost always talks about is heaven in the now. The kingdom of God. People who will live under God's authority. But to say your kingdom come is a dangerous prayer to pray because the kingdoms of this world rarely give up without a fight. The kingdoms of this world thrive off of money, sex, and power and they want to keep their power. And we cannot bow the knee to both. We have to decide. Praying your kingdom or your government come on earth as it is in heaven. It enters us into a power struggle with the rulers that are present. This isn't just praying, God, do your will in my life. It's God, do your will in my world, in my country, in other countries, and everywhere around us. And God's kingdom is made up of a bunch of tax collectors and sinners and sick people who are eating and drinking with Jesus. God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven is this party where we show up with a bunch of other people we never would have been caught dead with had God not called us here in the first place I think sometimes God's not very discerning about who he picks I wouldn't pick the same people God picks to get his work done I want to say sometimes Jesus let me pick We're getting nowhere with these ones you brought in but no it's his kingdom He can call whoever He wants. Jesus had people from every corner of life. And when we think about this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, He had people we would consider terrorists today that He called to be His disciples. He had people who were true patriots to their country who came together at the same time to be His disciples. He had outcasts. He had rich people. He had poor people. He had Jews, Gentiles, And they were given a new identity and the old one had to die. Heaven starts now in this wild, crazy kingdom that He has set up with diverse people from all over and God says, I love you all. Come follow me. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today Our daily bread. The Lord invites us to His table, and we have been responding this week. We're going to have a chance to do it again tonight. But we've got to learn proper table manners. If He invites us to His table, then just like at our table, you wouldn't want to, you know, grab a roll with your toes. There's certain etiquette, there's a way of doing things. Bread is earthly. It keeps us alive, but most of us in this country have our daily bread, and we have others' daily bread as well. In this country, we tend to die from too much bread than not enough. We tend to have today's bread and tomorrow's bread and the next day's bread all on the same day. Asking for daily bread is asking God to help us to know when enough is enough, as much as it is asking for help for what we need. So our responsibility in that is that God would show us how to provide for those who are without their daily bread when we have it. We are the answers to others' prayers. And so praying for daily bread means if God has given us more than our daily bread, then we need to share it with those who have not theirs. We don't pray alone. We pray together. And forgive us, as we said in the prayer a moment ago, our trespasses, but literally it means debts or sins. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. If you don't forgive, then you are saying, God, don't forgive me. That's the condition. If you choose not to forgive another person, you have forfeited your right to your forgiveness. If you choose not to forgive the other You have said, God, I don't want to be forgiven either. That is so hard, but it's God's condition. It's what we read about in Scripture. There's an echo of something in Scripture of the year of Jubilee where where all debts were to be forgiven after a certain amount of time and people were to be set free and everything was to be set level and even. It is hard to forgive the debts of others. But we must be about it if we want to follow Jesus. Receiving forgiveness is made possible by giving forgiveness so many times. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Literally it says, lead us not into the test. And praying that God will not put us to the test, that we are praying God will not make us vulnerable to those powers that rage against His kingdom. We are up against not humans, but the powers and principalities of the rulers of the air. Our enemy is not some political person that has a different idea than we do. That's not the enemy. Our enemy is not Iraq. Our enemy is not Afghanistan. Our enemy is not people at all. But it's whatever that evil is that's fighting against God. We sometimes think it's each other. But you know who we are? Most of us without God are slaves to sin. We are captives. How great would it be if we were to come in and liberate a country instead of shooting the enemy, we shot the captives. We're here to set you free. Bang. Remember who the real enemy is. The real enemy is not other humans. It's the evils that fight us, that convince our other humans of the wrong way. But evil is large, it's organized, it's subdued. But it doesn't look like what you think it is. It's subtle and it's real. Evil is attractive or else we would not want it. Sin is attractive or we wouldn't want it. It looks like that piece of fruit that looks so good. It's delicious. That's why I don't get too scared about like, you know, monsters and things like that. Because to me, that's just fakie stuff. The stuff that scares me is the subtle way that I can be convinced to go against God because it looks so attractive and so good. That is the evil we're talking about when we say lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into the test. God wants to elevate us beyond that. And praying for Him to deliver us from those things is acknowledging that only He can. That He has the power to do it. The power of evil must be admitted and taken seriously, but not too seriously. Because as we sang, He is stronger. He is the true power. We would, we would be convinced otherwise. Half the books I see in Christian bookstores seem to be more about the devil than they are about God, making us think that there's much more power there than there is. But compared to God, it's nothing. That's why we must pray to the one who can deliver us. Say, Lord, deliver us from temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Alcoholics Anonymous has a saying It says, we had to reach out to a power that is greater than ourselves. And that's what we have to do as Christians. And this community that we have here together, this community, when you go back to your home churches, it's supposed to be a place that allows us to be free together, that helps us to be empowered to move beyond what evil would want to do in our lives. Because standing alone, we are no match for it. Standing alone, we will fall. But God says, come together. Come make a community. Come be a part of this kingdom. And finally, our membership in this kingdom once again is conditional. Jesus recaps it. To receive forgiveness means to give forgiveness. He says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others your sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It comes up twice in that prayer. That's how important it is. Well, how about we close with a story tonight? A story that, to me, encapsulates the kingdom of God. And then we're going to open ourselves up to a time of prayer and accepting His invitation once more. There's a guy named Tony Campolo who is just a kind of an elderly preacher now. He's getting up there in years. He's kind of a wild man for Jesus. He, says, he likes to say things to shock the church, and he likes to say things to get us going. But he likes to be prophetic in his actions. And I don't mean he predicts the future by prophetic. I mean that he does actions that represent... God and his message here on earth and he was traveling one time and ended up I believe it was in Hawaii if I remember the story correctly and the time difference was so much that it was about dinner time where the time zone he was at and where he was used to was at but when he arrived and got to his hotel it was about three in the morning their time so he was wide awake and couldn't sleep and so he thought he would go out and do some walking around and see what he could find and he found this little all-night diner that was open in 24 hours. It didn't look like the greatest place on the planet, but he thought maybe he could get himself a cup of coffee, maybe a donut. So he walked inside. Sure enough, they sold donuts. He said it was kind of a dirty place. There was nobody there at 3 o'clock in the morning. And he said, I realized that as I asked for a donut, I realized that probably this kitchen was not the most sanitary place on the planet, but... It would have been really great, even though I know probably these donuts have been dropped on the floor at some time during the day. I really wish he would have used wax paper when he grabbed the donut instead of just kind of going, you know, grabbing it and giving it to me. And Tony Campolo, as he sat there quietly, uh, just eating his donut, drinking his coffee, he said about four prostitutes came in and they sat down all around him. And he just kind of overheard their conversation. They weren't talking to him. He was just kind of quietly eating his donut, drinking his coffee. And as they were talking, he heard one of the prostitutes say, you know what, tomorrow's my birthday. And another one of them kind of shot back and said, so what? You want a party or something? And she said, no, I don't want a party. Nobody's ever thrown me a party before. Why would I expect one now? They stayed a few more minutes. They got something to drink and then they left. And Tony Campola was sitting at the bar and he asked the owner of the restaurant, he was behind the bar, he said, Hey, one of those ladies that was in here said she had a birthday tomorrow. Do you know who that was? And He said, Yeah, yeah, we know her. We know her, yeah, she's a sweet girl. He said, Well, did they come in here every night? He said, Yeah, every night about this time. He so, hey, what do, you, what do you think? If they come here about this time tomorrow morning, you think we could throw a party for her? And the guy behind the counter thought, hey, that's a good idea. And, and he called his wife from the back and said, hey, 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 this guy wants to, wants to throw a party for Ginger. We'll call her because I can't remember her name. And the wife comes out and says, oh, Ginger's such a sweet girl. Yeah, we should do that. We should do that. And Tony Campola says, well, I'll go out and buy a cake. And the guy says, nope, I'll make the cake. I'll make the cake. You know, I I make donuts. I'll make cake too. Okay, whatever. That's fine. So they got together and they started calling all of Ginger's friends. And they made this appointment saying the next morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, when they came in there, they are going to surprise her and they are going to have a cake and they are going to have a party and... Said he was surprised the next day he came in at 3 o'clock in the morning. And there were wall to wall prostitutes in that diner, just filling up the place. And there's him, this preacher. And they've got balloons out, and they've got cake, and they've got streamers, and the place just looks like it's ready for a party, and there's music playing. And then her friends come walking in and they bring Ginger with her and they all jump out surprise and they have this party and Ginger is just floored. Cuz no one's ever thrown her a party before. And they bring her up and they show her her cake and and she just goes to tears. Her name's on the cake saying happy birthday Ginger. And the guy behind the counter says, "Are you going to cry all over? You're going to blow out the candles, you know." And she said, oh, she said, can, can I just, I don't know what to say. Nobody has ever given me a cake in my life for my birthday. And she just wept. And she, she said, can I go, can I just go get my camera real fast? I really want to, I want to go back to my apartment and get a camera and take a picture of this cake. I've no, nobody's ever, nobody's ever given me a cake before for my birthday. And she was so moved by it, said, Okay, we'll wait. So she went to get her camera. And all of a sudden, Tony Composer said it was quiet in there wall to wall prostitutes and one preacher. And everybody kind of looked at him (laughs) because he started the party in the first place. And so he said, I realize it seems kind of strange, but I did the only thing I could think to do. He said, Why don't we pray? And so he prayed. He prayed a prayer similar to this one. He prayed for the kingdom of God to come down in such a way that they could experience it together in that place. That Ginger would experience the love and forgiveness of God. That she would be blessed. That God would fill the room and show Himself to be real in that place. And when he finished his prayer, the guy behind the counter was kind of upset. And he said, man, you didn't tell me you were a preacher. What kind of church do you go to? And he said, the words that shot into his mouth immediately said, I go to the church that throws birthday parties for prostitutes at three o'clock in the morning. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God desires this for us. So we come to the table again tonight. It's an example of how we are to live. As God invites us to His table, we don't eat alone. We eat His community. We're at the table with people we may not like, but we are called to love. We are eating at God's table. We are learning how to extend the grace to others that He has extended to us. And the Lord's Prayer is a path that we can follow together and will lead us into how to pray alone and individually together. What we're going to do tonight, we're going to close a little differently, at least from my end up here. I'm going to sing the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to invite all of you who still want to be a part of this, who still want to accept this invitation to this new kingdom to this way of living and this way of praying that affects not just me, but all of us. And we're going to pray together tonight. And I don't know how to unmute this. One of you guys may have to come up here and unmute the guitar for me. But... Let's stand together and just to make it easy for those that are wanting to come be a part of this. Lord, bless this table. Let it be for us, the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us, as we partake of it, remember the great price you paid for us on the cross and remember that the cross is not the end, that you've called us into community together, that you've called us to pray to our Father. Lord, as we come tonight, as you extend your grace to us at this table, may we extend your grace to others. Lord, teach us to pray. If you're going to respond tonight and come, I invite you at this time as I sing. Father
1: in heaven, how it be? Thy name, thy kingdom, that. Give us this day, our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver.
0: left unto us a memorial of thy passion. Grant us, we beseech thee, the sacred mysteries of the body and the blood, that we may ever perceive within ourselves the fruit of our redemption. To him who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. That's it for Voices in My Head this week. I just wanted to uh, let everybody know I did not write those two songs at the very end that we did as communion was being received. Uh, The Lord's Prayer, that version of that song was written by Tommy Walker and Come to the Table written by Steve Massey. I just wanted to give credit where credit is due. Those are not my songs, um, but they are beautiful songs and we worshipped. And once again, it was beautiful to see a couple hundred people come down to receive from the Lord's table. Uh, I pray you're listening and that you're receiving from the Lord all that he has for you. Help us, God, to do that together. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done among us. Have a great week. We'll see you next week for episode number 49, only two away from our big 50th episode celebration. I hope to hear back from you. If you enjoyed the show, please let me know by leaving a review over at iTunes or on any of my web pages. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot and God bless. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So, let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.